Here at the Master Nodes, we are not making any claims as to income you may earn. Before entering any agreement, please use caution and seek the advice of a professional advisor, such as attorney or financial advisor. Please ensure your own research is done before investing any money into the market. Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Ryan Prendez. This is my business partner, Nestor Sanchez. Hey, what's up, guys? And we are the Master Nodes. First and foremost, I want to go ahead and thank you guys for tuning into today's podcast. We understand your guys' lives are hectic, and we really appreciate the support. We wanted to go ahead and let you guys know of a little bit achievement me and Nestor recently achieved, uh, which is our domain name. We finally purchased our domain name, www.themasternodes.com. If you guys want to go ahead and check it out, you guys can go ahead and sign up for our email list on there. Our email list includes market rundowns, news updates, and we also do raffles. So if you guys are interested in receiving market rundowns, news updates, or participating in our raffles, our email list is the best way to go. We also want to let you guys know we are on social media. Our social media accounts are at the masternodes on all platforms. If you guys ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to us and we'll go ahead and get back to you as soon as we can. Today's topic is Bitcoin, but before we jump into that, Nestor is going to provide y'all with some of the highlighted news of this week. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. The news of the week. Um, today, we're talking about the LA Dodgers. I don't know if you guys are fans. I'm a fan. I hope you guys aren't haters out there. But the Dodgers, they're actually planning to auction off an NFT, um, which stands for a non-fungible token. And it's going to be a package deal. So the NFT comes with a physical World Series ring. So you get those 2020 win ring and the ability to throw the first pitch at the game and also tickets to the game. Um, they partnered with someone, a company called Candy Digital to make this happen. Um, I like to talk about one of the co-founders. His name is um, Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, he's a co-founder of Candy Digital and he's also had other companies like VaynerMedia, stuff like that. Um, he's an NFT creator and um, he's kind of brought a new spin of NFTs along with um, how he does it. So he basically you purchase an NFT called VFriends and um, you're able to get access to his social media conferences. Um, some of them even come with one, one-on-ones like either phone calls or dinners or lunches. It's pretty interesting the way he's um, brought NFTs which are digital into the physical world and he's actually giving them kind of like a utility. Um, so like, what do you really think about like today's news? You know, honestly, from what I know about Gary V, um, about like his past life and where he came up from, he really didn't have the best of circumstances. So to see him work with such a large organization like the Dodgers, it's it's inspiring because, mm-hmm. you know, you, it, that proves to show you that it doesn't matter where you come from. It really just matters on the connections you make along the way. And once making that co- those connections, it could really lead you to some great opportunities. Um, but in order to jump in a little bit more into Bitcoin, we wanted to go ahead and also talk to you guys about what is currency and what is digital currency. So currency is the exchange of value, whether it's USD, yuan, the British pound, or any other cryptocurrency or currency, uh, you can exchange your labor products or services for a currency. Digital currency is a non-physical and can only be transmitted via electronic means. Typically this allows for faster transactions and transfers with no border limitations. So let's say I wanted to send my money to a friend in China. I would, there would be no need for me to physically send the cash to them. 
I would have to just convert USD to yuan at an exchange and then could wire transfer the money over to him in about a couple hours. But what I find interesting is how banks utilize our fiat system. Yeah, so banks, what they do, um, kind of got to get into that in order to talk about Bitcoin. How can we um, replace banks to you actually being your own bank, right? BYOB. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about what they do. What they basically do is they're a centralized company that keeps records of all transactions. That's like their general job, right? If I receive money from my job, 600 bucks, and then me and Ryan go to get some Wingstop and we split the bill, I can sell him money. And what basically happens is they're taking um, into account all those transactions and they're giving him the money that I sent. And they're basically the middleman that's handling the transactions, moving the money here and there. And they're also in charge of giving loans, um, money, like with credit cards, you know, car loans, auto loans, mortgages, all that good stuff. And they do that kind of based on the credit score, um, a, a personality, um, the income that you may receive and other types of traits. And um, well, another job is they hold on to physical cash. So if I have a bunch of hundreds, I don't want to keep that in my house just in case I get robbed or I don't want to keep it on me just in case I lose my wallet. So what am I going to do? I'm going to put it into the bank. It's a bit safer. They have obviously a safe and stuff like that where they keep the money and I could use it from a debit card, which I can cancel worst case scenario. So that's kind of what they do. Now that we know what banks do, how does that really like differ from Bitcoin? In order to talk about how it differs from Bitcoin, we first got to talk about what what is Bitcoin? Uh, Bitcoin is a peer-to-peer network that uses cryptography and blockchain technology to send and receive money from anywhere in the world without the high fees or invasion of privacy. It was created by a pseudo-anonymous user, Satoshi Nakamoto, during the financial crisis in 2008. I was eight years old at the time, but for what I know about the financial crisis now, there was a lot of people that really had a rough time during it. Uh, Banks were going out of business. uh, Companies were being shut down. People were losing their homes. It was a very bad time financially for a lot of people. And the reason why this financial crisis begun in the first place was due to a large portion of banks giving out what were called no credit loans or no credit check loans. So what they were doing was they were issuing these loans out to people without running their information through the system, without doing the checks and balances that they should have been doing in order to maintain a good cash value amongst themselves and really just kind of maxing everything out. So Mm -hmm. Satoshi noticed that you know, banks had a lot of power. There wasn't a lot of power given to the people. It was ran by corporations and the financial industry was really ruled by CEOs or executives. So in order to combat this, he created Bitcoin. Now, Bitcoin, in order to combat inflation, 21 million Bitcoin is ever going to be made. So that means once 21 million Bitcoin is mined, that's it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's only going to be 21 million ever to be made. This allows for easy uh, inflation uh, to be combated. The combat To combat big banks, the technology allows for banking system without a centralized power from ever dealing with your money. Because he, what he wanted to do was he wanted to eliminate the middleman and just give the power to the people. Bitcoin's algorithm records all transactions anonymously on its, big, on its blockchain and allows anyone to view it. In order for trust to maintain in Bitcoin, there is a consensus mechanism that we're going to be getting into later on, 
but that follows its approval process to approve transactions in real time. Bitcoin is described as digital cash in order for something to be transferred by the means of in internet anonymously and instantaneously. But there's a lot of pros and cons to when it comes to Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm kind of going to go over that right now. Um, you know, there's obviously pros to everything and cons to everything, and we're just going to take a deeper dive into them. So um, some of the pros, I'm going to go over them first. Um, no one can limit you. Like Ryan was kind of going over, it's not um, based on one specific person or company. So they can't say, hey, I'm going to freeze your account, right? Nobody has complete access to it. So nobody can shut down your account. They can't stop your transactions from happening um, because nobody actually has full control. And um, there's going to be lower fees. So with the bank, in order to open a bank, you either have to keep a minimum, you have to have money running through it. You also pay bank fees, you have to pay overdraft fees, you have to pay all these other types of fees. But with Bitcoin, the only fee you pay is when you're sending and receiving. And those can even be um, negligible by using second layer solutions such as the Lightning Network. Um, it's also trustless. Um, I can check on the blockchain to see if anybody has the money that they said they were going to send me. So I don't actually have to trust the person. They could be completely from a different place, different background. I don't have to trust them at all. I just have to verify that they actually have the funds. Um, there's also no single point of failure. Like I was saying before, nobody actually has full control, which is good because one person can't say, Hey, I'm going to stop. Bitcoin, because they would have to actually shut down every single point, every single node around the world in order to stop Bitcoin. So once it kind of started going, there's no real going back unless everybody decides, hey, nobody's going to use Bitcoin anymore. Um, it's borderless. I can send from here to Mexico, from here to Guadalajara, from here to Uruguay, and um, there will be no problems with the money sent. I don't have to change my USD to um, yuan or you know Swiss franc. I don't have to exchange anything. I'm just buying Bitcoin and exchanging that. Um, there's also a 21 million supply cap. Some people may see this as actually a con, but I'm gonna explain a little bit more why it isn't. And um, Ryan kind of went into it a bit because of inflation, right? Um, with today's monetary policy, um, money can just be printed just like nothing. Um, we have the Federal Reserve who's um, giving out money to the government so they can, get, they can give us stimulus checks. And they're just printing more and more money, which causes inflation, which means the money that you're actually receiving is worth less than it was maybe a few years ago because now there's more of it. So they cap it at 21 in order to make sure the value um, remains in Bitcoin. Also, there's no discrimination. Anybody from any background, with any type of money, income, whatever, can create a Bitcoin wallet and can now gain access to the network. As long as you have um, some type of app, maybe a computer, maybe a phone, and access to the internet, you're now able to join this huge network of growing people. So it's a growing user base right now. Um, the best time always is to get to get into a trend is before the trend actually takes off, right? If I were to get Apple at $3, then I would probably be doing really well for myself because I got in early. So getting in early is actually gonna multiply your gains because now more and more people are coming into the space 
And like we said, there's going to be only a certain amount of Bitcoin. So the more people that join, the less Bitcoin um, per person, if you get what I'm saying. So now to jump into some of the cons, um, because it's kind of a growing user base, there is a lot of volatility. So we hear news from China and that affects our Bitcoin price, right? Um, you know, it went from 60,000 to what right now it's trading maybe 30, 35,000. And that could be because of fear. We see, um, you know, we hear news, we hear people talking about Bitcoin and it affects actually us by, because we end up selling it, we're scared and it could cause, you know, huge fluctuations in market price. But also if you're holding on to it, it's gonna be, um, you're gonna feel it a lot less basically. Um, there's limited accessibility. So not everybody in the world has phones. Not everybody in the world has access to the internet. But once they do, we're going to see, um, you know, a huge explosion in this type of industry. Um, also, you are fully responsible for um, anything that happens with your money because no one is really controlling it. Like with the credit card, if something were to happen to me, I would go to my credit card and whatever capital one and i would talk to them and be like hey this wasn't actually my transaction you know it's fraudulent and they'll return me the money but with bitcoin it's entirely up to you you have the password you have the keys and it could result if you lose them all um you could actually lose your money but there are other ways to kind of combat that you know if you have backups because it's data you could just basically create a backup and store it away so that just in case whatever happens you won't lose anything and also scalability right now there are limits to what you can do with bitcoin you can only um, send a certain amount of transactions per block and each block is only created within 10 minutes so there are certain limitations but like i said we're working on second layer solutions such as the lightning network which is going to help um, scale um, everything pretty well um, now for the question that's on everybody's mind is this magic internet money even safe? Because you know, what's the point of putting your money into something if you're gonna lose it at the end of the day? Yeah, so in order to talk about it being safe, we gotta talk about, is it secure? So Bitcoin's program was built with transparency, privacy, and security as its core fundamentals. In order to outlive those fundamentals, Bitcoin's program rewards honest nodes with Bitcoin. These nodes use electricity and large fart, a large upfront investment. If nodes post invalid transactions, they will be flagged and will not get rewarded Bitcoin. This would waste electricity resources and one of the most valuable assets, time. So let's say I was to try to attack the Bitcoin's network. Really, it would, it would almost be a waste of time because mm -hmm. I would have to go ahead and literally take out a bunch of coin or a bunch of blocks, reset those blocks, and then reset every single block simultaneously as those blocks are being built upon each other. Like mm -hmm. it just, it's so much money and resources that that's why Bitcoin's really kind of secure because they're, you have to be out of your mind to try to do something like that and really be okay with wasting your time. Because if it doesn't mm -hmm. work out, work out, you're wasting a lot of money and a lot of resources in order to try to achieve a 51% attack, which we have on our meet uh, social media accounts. We, we talk about that on there. But in order to achieve that, it, it just would be a waste of time for a lot of people. So there's really no way 
to kind of attack Bitcoin at its core, uh, which mm-hmm. is one of the good pros about Bitcoin. But security mm-hmm. is one of the most noted questions we get about it. Another one of the most noted questions is how is Bitcoin created? Yeah, um, more like how a Bitcoin is created. So usually um, we talk about we talked about how money is created. It's um, printed in a sense, and it could be created out of nothing. They don't have to spend an excessive amount of electricity. They don't have to put a large fr- large um, upfront investment in order to create dollars. But with the way Bitcoins ran, it's ran on something called um, proof of work, and that's the original uh, algorithm that runs the network. But basically, what Ryan was saying, they have miners have to prove that they spend computing power and electricity by having the correct answer to an algorithm. So the solution is basically the answer, and that's proof that the energy was spent, and um, that's why you're rewarded for uh, mining, and you're rewarded with Bitcoin. So that's how Bitcoin gets into circulation. A miner does his job, obtains the network. Um, validates transactions and he gets actually rewarded with bitcoin but because he had all this electricity and all this stuff he's probably going to sell that bitcoin in order to um, pay for that stuff and he's obviously going to be in profit because what's the point of doing things if you can't profit so he's going to make profit and that's how bitcoins are now into circulation from these miners that they sell um it's going into exchanges it's going to people's wallets and it's just being moved around and um, due to the laws of probability, there's a small chance that miners will be chosen multiple times in a row and stuff like that. Because if one miner is getting all the transactions, all the validations, then they're just going to be monopolizing the market, right? They're going to have all the Bitcoin. And um, to validate these transactions, the public ledger is tied to proof of work um, protocol that confirms all and any transactions that are made on the blockchain. And this ensures no user is allowed to spend any other money twice. And the blockchain is posted publicly in order for there to be trust among anonymous users. Because how can I really trust someone that I don't really know, like a random person on the internet? Well, it's not that you're not, it's not that you're trusting a random person. It's that you're trusting the program. In order to have a secure program to ensure there's a genuine consensus among all transactions and users on on Bitcoin's network, a consensus mechanism was created. A consensus mechanism is used in a blockchain system to achieve the necessary agreement for the data on the blockchain. This is so that everyone has the same inf- information at the same time and ensures accountability. This also validates a transaction because if it's processed on a blockchain, then almost every node has to come to a consensus to approve the transaction and is now deemed true. A big criticism of the consensus mechanism is it requires a lot of computing power, which discourages miners from participating in the network. And uh, that kind of wraps up today's podcast. (laughs) It's a good one. It's filled with a lot of great information. Obviously, we couldn't go deep into every single aspect of Bitcoin because it's a huge market, some technology that's being um, currently advanced, and it's, it's honestly new technology in general. So we couldn't go into everything. Obviously, you guys are going to have some questions. And that's what our social medias are for. You guys give us any questions you may have um, about what we're talking about with Bitcoin, um, things you may um, need to learn later on. Um, you, can, you can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, comment on our YouTube podcast. Uh, we have lives that we host all the time. 
And we also have our email list. Always, obviously, you can hit us up there with an email. Join our email list. It's at www.themasternodes.com. Um, with that, we're sending beginner guides, market wrap-ups, um, rundowns, updates, all that good stuff for you guys. So remember to and make the sure. Raffle. That, oh, yeah. If you want free Bitcoin, free cryptocurrency, hey, we're the place to be. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And uh, as we as we go and do these podcasts, we like to feature a testimonial of the week. So this week's testimonial comes from actually our media manager, and it came from before he joined the team, uh, Brandon Sanchez. Uh, so Brandon, uh, quick shout out to him. He's responsible for all the posts you see on our social media. He helps us create those, and uh, we wouldn't be anywhere without Brandon. So quick shout out to Brandon. Thank you for everything you do. Uh, so the quote that he said, or the testimonial was, I vaguely heard about Bitcoin or saw a post online, thought it was confusing only and only for the rich, but thanks to Nestor and Ryan, I understood there's a wide spectrum of cryptocurrencies. It's not just Bitcoin. The masternodes knows the ropes. I ask a lot of questions. Every single one of them have been answered. They do it in a way that makes sense, broke it down and make it to the point. Their passion and dedication for sharing insight allows me to has allowed me to learn so much once exposed to the crypto space i understood it's the next big thing crypto to the moon like we said thank you brandon for joining thank you for all the help and all the work you put into helping us build this company we really appreciate it and uh thank you for the awesome testimonial yeah shout out to brandon he's the goat so <laughs> next week uh join us for part two on what is cryptocurrency we're going to be um, hitting a lot more in depth about topics that we went over about cryptocurrency. Um, some of the some of those could be crypto cryptography, DLT systems, which is distributed ledger technology systems. Um, how safe is it? We're going to talk about proof of stake, why decentralize something, and how to deal with um, these volatile markets. Yeah, cool. We just want to say thank you guys for listening. Uh, we hope you guys have a good day. Bless up. Yeah, guys, remember to choose kindness. Uh, try to make somebody's day today. And thank you guys for joining and listening.